Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Do, 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 do. By the back. way, I watched <laughs> Halloween Kills. Did you? The new one. Yeah, because we, we, we haven't gone to the movie theater because of COVID and River. And so my mom bought us like a gift card and it finally was on for rent for cineplex so we finally got to watch it and i know a lot of people said it wasn't that good and like it was wasn't the best but like i liked it so that's all that matters that's i finally saw uh spider-man because carl and i were gonna go literally the weekend we got put back into lockdown yeah (laughs) literally that weekend we were gonna buy tickets and then they're like aha um so i haven't seen it yet and I like everybody hyped it up so much. Everyone's like, it's the best Marvel movie ever. And Guilty I didn't as dislike fuck. it. I didn't I dislike it. It's just it was just good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't think it was the best Marvel movie ever. It was I really think... entertaining. Yeah. I liked it as like a like I liked the older Spider Man movies better. I'm a huge Toby Maguire fan, so like it was cool. Not of him in general, of him as Spider Man, I should clarify. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't, like, as blown away as I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Like, you amped yourself up because you're like, yeah. Danielle said it's the best thing in the world. And you get there and you're like, fuck <laughs> well, Danielle. everybody did. I, everybody did. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. But I was like, that didn't change my life. Mm-hmm. Thor, however. <laughs> See, I'm opposite. I don't like the Thor movies. Really? I mm-hmm. think I just like Chris Hemsworth, in all fairness. I, I don't totally know fair. if it's the movie or if it's just him. I mean, but, like, look at him. I, if it's just him i like the thor movies but absolutely <laughs> it's, that's how it Ooh. is but Sweating um, a little bit we're uh, already off topic and it's been like one minute hello hi we're back this is welcome to the show this is just what we do yeah we needed a week off well i needed a week off because like i got to the point where i was like writing a script is like my chore and i was like i don't like that so we took a week off and then everything in the world kind of just turned upside down and went really heavy <sighs> yeah and i think we all just needed a minute to breathe it was, I don't want to say good timing, but I think it was, uh, we needed that. Yeah. And it felt weird to put out something during that week in general. Like, I feel like even if we didn't say it before, we would have ended up not putting something out after. Because yeah. it just, it just felt weird. Um, but yeah, it's been dark. We're, if, if you're having a hard time with this, we're with you. Because it's, it's hard to watch. And it's hard to feel kind of helpless and watch. Exactly. And then it's also yeah. hard to not watch because it's on every social media platform. It's on every yeah. news channel. So if you're having a hard time, we're with you. Yeah. And the Russian government has lost their mind. So. Absolutely. It's fucking batshit over there. Yeah. And I, the, I the can't believe word is something. Sorry. The key word is just Russian government. I, I think that's what people are missing right now is they're all like Russia as a whole. That's not fair. No, it's, that's it's not fair. Government. I was seeing, uh, there's a Russian restaurant in Toronto that was getting, like, a whole bunch of, like, hate messages and stuff, and it's like, that's not fair. That's not fair. Yeah. Um, I did see, on the other, uh, side of the coin, one of, uh, a restaurant, I think it's in Whitby, um, they changed the Moscow mule to a Ukraine mule, and they used, like, Ukrainian, what, I guess, vodka, and, like, I just thought that was kind of cute. That's kind of... Yeah, that's nice. I don't know if they donate funds to anything. That would be even better if they donate funds. That would be. Me and my sisters are doing something because, fun fact, I found out recently that we are, like, like 
pretty Ukrainian. Like yeah. it's it's pretty close in our lineage, and I had no idea. So my sisters are putting together. Uh, it's like a care basket essentially, and you drop it off at a location, and they put it on a plane to Poland where all of the refugees are going. Oh, that's amazing! So I don't know if I'm just going to give them cash or if I'm going to go out and buy stuff. But it's like blankets, first aid kits, stuff like that. Yeah, like the necessities so, kind of thing. We're going to do that because my sisters are very passionate. In all fairness, my older sisters were a lot closer with my Ukrainian family. Um, I was not alive at the same time as the last Ukrainian members of my family. So that's my defense there. Um, But yeah, I thought it was really nice of them to put together. So we're going to do something like that. That's awesome. It's just, it's it's completely mind boggling that this shit is going on. And like it's been going on for- In the year 2022. I just don't understand why people have to shoot each other. I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Like, I, I can't think of a situation in which I would resort to something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't care enough about anything to want to, like, bomb places. It just... Yeah. Yeah. It's Very... dark. Although there was one video of um, a Ukrainian woman going up to a soldier <laughs> telling <laughs> them to put uh, sunflower seeds in their pocket so that when they die, uh, sunflower... Like, when they um, die on Ukrainian soil uh a sunflower will be yeah planted i like in their that place. a lot and i was like damn girl i'm seeing a lot of cool stories particularly about ukrainian women that's not to say that the people as a whole are bad but just like a lot of badass stories about women like back talking soldiers and stuff like that and i'm like hell yeah i saw a video of a farmer towing um a I, Russian saw tank. Yeah. I was like honestly the ukrainians are just so bad i hate to laugh at it because war is not something to laugh at but just like how easily the ukrainian people are fucking with the russian soldiers yeah. is just like not humorous but just like i don't know it's awesome to watch yeah it, I, you guys know what i mean i have a hard time saying things correctly <laughs> we're just a mess yeah. it's fine everything's fine. it's fine it's it's cool to watch them take their country back there is that better is that's that, def- yeah that, okay I mean, it always makes sense to me so thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not good at being sensitive i've learned that's sensitive what are you talking about i try i try a for effort or is it e for um, effort whatever which one i think it's e but like e was not a passing grade no i don't think we yeah so fuck me um maybe that's shall we get point. spooky should we get spooky do we have anything else to vent about i have absolutely nothing to vent about we should just get spooky let's get spooky okay we're gonna talk about the mysterious disappearance of granger taylor oh that's a cool yeah. name yeah right um so granger taylor lived in duncan british columbia he was the son of jim and grace and the oldest of eight siblings, uh, he was a mechanic and described as very intelligent, down to earth, and extre- like an extremely wise man. Um, he was also extremely shy and didn't have tons of friends, but for the most part, just like a normal guy. Um, people just say he was like, he was really fucking smart. That's the one thing oh, yeah? everyone said about him. He was really smart. He actually ended up, I think he dropped out of, I think it was grade eight, but for dropping out of grade eight, he was very intelligent a lot of times like people who are above average intelligence struggle in school because it's like it doesn't challenge them oh that makes so much sense for me i'm just too smart <laughs> we were both way too smart for school <laughs> way too smart, especially in math way yeah um so now we get into like i'll get into the story but it isn't really stated on why or how granger started believing he was communicating with aliens but he said he was Ooh. yeah it was said that he started to get into space travel and aliens when star wars came out in 1977 
<laughs> kind of love that. Same. Honestly, same. I mean, my dog is literally named after a Star Wars character. Yeah. So. Um, but we'll never know exactly what triggered him into believing in aliens and all this stuff. But apparently he built a radio and said it was com- used to communicate with the outerworldly, so aliens. He also had dreams where he was abducted by these aliens. And it was like the same repetitive dream over and over and over again. Um uh so as i said he was pretty well liked and helped anyone who needed it um he was extremely knowledgeable about mechanics and would teach like neighborhood kids he built bulldozers cars trucks he restored a world war ii plane and even built a spaceship out of two satellite dishes i'm like that's fucking neat (laughs) i'm like we're gonna post the picture i can't even build ikea furniture like (laughs) right (laughs) i can't even like i I can change a light bulb but i'm not going to that's my effort (laughs) Like, if it sits there and, like, it, oh. it, like, burns out or, like, is flickering, I'm, like, leaving it until Stuart decides to do it. Or you think. just, like, don't turn the light on and then let Stuart turn the light on and then he'll be like, damn it, the light's burned out. And you're like, oh, wow, that sucks. Like, yeah, and then we'll both sit in, like, a repetitive, like, like, it just flashing over and over again and be like, oh, we have to remember to change the light and it'll go on for, like, the next five months. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, so, on November 29th, 1980, uh, Granger disappeared. At the time, he was 32 years old. The only thing that was found was a note that was taped to his bedroom door and written to his parents. The note reads, and I quote, Dear mother and father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship and recurring uh, as recurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe and then return. I'm leaving behind all my possession to you as I will no longer will require, will require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. Yeah. Okay. So his family (laughs) obviously immediately called the police, and there was months and months of searching for him by both family members and the police. No one had any leads, so just remember that Granger was a pretty shy guy, not a lot of friends. Yeah. But they were living in a small town, so you think someone would have at least seen something? Yeah. Nope. Um, He was... Uh, his will was done prior, but he did make two changes right before he disappeared. So he removed the word funeral and he replaced the word death with departure. Okay. Yeah. So, so fast- I'm getting like, that gave me like a weird cult vibe. Like, you know how they right. always say like, go to the next plane or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's very like, I don't know. Ominous? We'll, yeah, we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into some theories and we'll talk about some theories and what you okay. think because it's 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 quite the story. Yeah. So fast forward six years later, forestry workers had found a vehicle near Mount Provost or Prevost. Sorry, um, the vehicle was in really bad shape and definitely at, on fire at some point. The location was pretty close to Taylor's home. Um, so during the police investigation, they like the, sorry during the police investigation they found bone fragments and part of a T-shirt. And they were also able to get a VIN number off the car as well. So they were able to confirm that the vehicle belonged to Granger. So Granger Taylor. And I go back and forth between saying his first name and last name. Because so <laughs> his last name is kind of a first name. Yeah, I confuse yeah. myself. I'm like, Taylor, but never mind. <laughs> um, and that the t-shirt matched one of Granger's... Um, uh, one of Gran- like The t-shirt matched one of Granger's that he owned. So his mm-hmm. mom apparently confirmed that because she actually made the t-shirt for him. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So DNA was not up to par at this time, but the coroner said there were human remains, like fragments, yeah. fragments that were found on 
site and they assume it's probably granger's yeah the vehicle was said to have exploded and with all the circumstantial evidence granger was officially confirmed deceased by massive injuries due to an explosion that's on his wow. like, yeah that's on the coroner's report so a friend of granger's argued that the evidence wasn't conclusive and they shouldn't have ruled granger dead there were tons of theories from people who didn't even know granger which we'll get into so first we're going to talk about granger's family so granger's family definitely welcomed the ideas of theories but never took them seriously there was a few family members who were featured on a documentary about his disappearance the documentary is called spaceman um <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like that <laughs> um so in this documentary, they stated that Granger's mental health really declined before his disappearance. It said it was possible he was taking drugs such as LSD, but it was never confirmed. Um, his half-brother in the documentary stated, and I quote, let's set the, set the record, Granger's gone, he's dead. He did some amazing things. Granger had some challenges. He couldn't deal with those challenges, and he took his life. So theory one is that it was obviously suicide. Mm -hmm. um granger knew how to use dynamite and there was some located on the family property and it said that there was also some missing from the property at the time of his disappearance do they just casually store dynamite on their property yeah i guess so okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so apparently before they found his body his parents would leave the back door unlocked hoping he would just walk in which like breaks my heart they left Aww. it unlocked for like four years oh yeah um so basically they're saying that he did have mental health issues and they believe it was suicide because the car was like exploded so something i'm not gonna lie my first thought was also mental health issues yeah i don't know if i think suicide so much as like maybe he really thought his car was taking off like a spaceship yeah and that's and where he was just, supposed to go was off a cliff yeah i think it was maybe accidental suicide yeah um so theory two is that he's still alive possibly hanging out with some aliens um <laughs> so granger's friend keller he's the one who argued that the evidence wasn't conclusive so apparently the night granger died or disappeared sorry there was a huge storm and granger had told keller that aliens arrive when there's a bad storm so they are less likely to see be seen or heard um neighbors had heard a loud boom around the time granger would have apparently crashed but people say it could have been thunder like it was like a really bad storm that night apparently yeah. it could have been a ufo leaving the atmosphere or I kind of like that theory, though. Like, yeah. like, lightning would hide any, like, lights and stuff. That's kind of fun. Right. Um, um, and as Sorry. for, like, the last... Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, it's, as for, like, the last theory, the theory, like, it would be the car blowing up would make that noise that the people heard. Yeah. So, Keller said it could have been easily have been thunder because of the storm that night and said that Granger had experience with dynamite and other explosives. Keller said Granger was just too smart to have accidentally handled the explosives wrong and that safety was very important to Granger because he, he taught kids in, like, town. Like, he took this shit very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, in the documentary, they did try to find the vehicle as it was like never removed from the hillside and they were unable to like they were never able to find it like the coroner's report listed where it was and they were not able to they find just didn't it. take it out okay yeah they never moved it but and so apparently it was still located there but the people in the documentary couldn't find it um there is only a picture of this truck so police also reported that the truck was blue but keller said that um uh, granger's truck was actually pepto-bismol pink <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that he, i love it right and that he helped him paint the truck with one other friend um his name is darren so he's saying that the truck isn't granger's it's also not confirmed through dna that the bones are actually that actually belong to granger so keller is quote quoted in the documentary saying and i quote 
is it a possibility that he killed himself? Is it really hard? To, it's really hard to accept that. I know that it's a possibility, but there's all kinds of possibilities. Fair. Uh, yeah. So as I said, a lot of people who didn't know Granger have theories, such as he's still like with aliens doing his interstellar mission. Um, there is a theory that the government actually kidnapped him and have him working in Area 51. Um, oh. Yeah, or that they actually offered him kind of like a job at Area 51, but had to make it look like he died because of where it's yeah, located. Yeah, he's like an alien liaison now. Yeah. Oh my god, the light Communication. Out. <laughs> um, because it's like so top secret, right? So they're yeah. like, this guy knows too much, let's give him a job. It's like those... Uh, the people that like hack things and they're like let's just give them a job instead yeah of, like, suing them <laughs> they're too good at this yeah and people also say that even granger may have done like set this all up so just so he could start a new life yeah that's possible yeah um so i was reading one reddit post where someone suggested schizophrenia as well as a theory um in an article it said that granger was a little overboard with his ufo research and this person thought that he may have started to develop schizophrenia around that same time so it's kind of an interesting take on it because if he started developing schizophrenia at the time of this ufo research that kind of like takes the lead with it is schizophrenia the one where you uh you have like delusions and stuff yeah. where he would like think he is actually talking to aliens yeah yeah and it, it, his brain would kind of just be like you have to do this to be able to talk to aliens so it yeah. could have been like you have to blow up your car to be able to talk to to get yeah. up there kind of thing and it makes you think that that's all real yeah that's that's kind of the what i've been thinking this whole time like as much as we we love to believe in aliens yeah it yeah <laughs> But it's it's just it's crazy because there's never been DNA done on those bone fragments. The car is not there anymore, even though they said they've left it yeah. there, which is weird. Do you think does he have any family members alive still that would like try to run DNA in in modern times? I don't think so. His parents passed away, and the farm is currently um, in his sister's possession. But I believe it was his sister's husband that like was in the documentary stating that he he's dead kind of thing yeah so i think the family just kind of wanted like the closure and like they welcome the theories but at the same time they've kind of like their case is closed their case is closed yeah Yeah. well i mean it it looks like it's him especially if the his mother made the shirt like that's kind of a dead ringer no pun intended um but yeah the whole like the whole time you were talking i was just thinking like he's probably unwell and he probably i think it was accidental i don't think it was an intentional i don't think suicide so yeah. i think he just thought that he was maybe building a rocket ship or something and it just went horribly horribly wrong yeah it's That's just my like theory. the, the no is just so baffling yeah and the like i said the changing of the will to say that like it sounds something yeah. that someone who is uh like mentally altered by like a cult or something would say you know what i mean yeah. like it just sounds like it's coming from someone who's not fully in their right mind i guess um yeah so that's that's my theory and i'm sticking to it i like nabbit i was i was gonna say that was i agree with that theory completely as much as we always want to say aliens uh Mm -hmm. i don't think the aliens had anything to do with this one unfortunately unfortunately but i do like his storm theory though now i'm gonna look at every thunder boomer a little differently right now we're actually gonna watch for aliens every single time (laughs) we'll have a thunder boomer this sunday i'm so excited Mm -hmm. I hope we do. It, it's because it's getting randomly, like, really warm for one day after being pretty cold. So I, I think it's, like, one of those, like, cold front, warm front kind of yeah. whatever. It's I'm a really little uh, taste of spring and then it goes back to, like, 
a shit ton of snow. Yeah, we get, uh, it's actually, I don't know if it's a technical term, but we call it like a false spring yeah. where it's really nice for like a week. And then all of a sudden we get six feet of snow again. It happens yep. every year. Yep. Why do we still live here? <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. Uh, but, but yeah. That's was the that disappearance of Okay, we are done. We are done. Yeah. That's sad. That case makes me kind of sad. Yeah. I it's just I've I randomly stumbled upon the 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 note and I was like, "Wow, this is like they did, and the family didn't end up having a funeral for him." Oh, because they were technically allowed because the will. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, it's like <laughs> my papa, I don't know if anybody in my family listens to this. I hope they don't, but he in his will said he wanted to be buried in a pine box and he didn't want a funeral he didn't want anything so we didn't really do anything we just kind of had like the funeral home let us come in to say bye and it was just like the immediate family and then everybody else was pissed at us and i was like but it's in the will yeah i can't i can't do anything about that like what do you want me to do (laughs) (laughs) not going against his wishes i'm not trying to get haunted yeah like in my will i've written that my you know when like they take you like down the little path yeah or whatever not to like get buried the- but like out of like wherever you are yeah um in the room i i want queens and another one bites the dust song to play you're so funny i'm no one my mom's like i'm not if i'm still alive that's not happening as Stuart's like that's not happening i'm like it's my will bitch. it's happening <laughs> it's, <in> my will. <laughs> it's happening so um so i guess we get into it's a, it's not a nice case today it's i tried to make it like less brutal i didn't put a whole lot of details in it but it's a pretty brutal case you um, always say that and then ends up being like wow. i literally did not put many details at all i tried or to I'll focus- bring it up and then you'll be like okay well this is what happened and then you'll be like, Shit. <laughs> um i tried to focus on the suspect in this case because it's it's a kind of sort of unsolved case like okay you'll it'll make sense so i tried to focus more on him than the the case because it's it's a pretty brutal case uh and it comes right from our backyard of toronto Hmm. uh i think technically we're toronto's backyard but whatever um so i wanted to cover this case for a while because my oldest sister amy she knew the victim and my family talks about it all the friggin' time uh so they were in brownies together which is like girl guides i think brownies brownies yeah do you love the brownies like girl guides or do you just love brownies all of the above (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was in brownies uh, too so that's why i'm just like oh, I want oh okay you were okay uh, i didn't i forgot what it was called i was i called my sister i was like how did you know her again uh so they were in brownies together and uh after the murder took place the victim's dad actually pulled the younger sister out of brownies so amy kind of lost contact after then i guess okay um so i never really looked into it to now uh just because i'd heard so much of it from my family so i just wanted to look into it why not that we're gonna talk crazy yeah we're going to talk about the tragic murder of Sharon Morningstar Keenan. Um, Morningstar, I love that. Isn't that cool? I, I thought that. that was cool. I don't know if it's a like two last names or if that's her middle name, but I, I thought it was really cool. It's really pretty. Um, on January 23rd, 1983, nine-year-old Sharon asked her mother if she could go to the park up the street to play with her friends. It was like 3.30-ish, 3, 3.30-ish. So Linda told her to be home in half an hour to get ready for dinner. Um, Sharon wore a watch and she knew how to tell time. So her mother trusted that she'd be home when she said she would be. Uh, 4 p.m. came and went with no sign of Sharon. After waiting a little while, probably like half an hour or so, her father, Brendan, took off down the road to search for her. The park was like, I think it was 500 meters from their home. So So that's how close she was. Yeah. And this was a time in Toronto, this was the 80s, where like kids were out on the streets at all hours. Like Toronto wasn't as bad as it is now. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, so Sharon was not at the park when he got there, but some of her friends still were. He asked them where she'd went, if they'd seen her, and they, uh, he learned that Sharon had been talking to an older man who walked up to the playground. Brennan ran home and called the police right away, launching the search for Sharon. Uh, as the word slowly started to get out about the disappearance, hundreds of volunteers started to join the search and a hundred Toronto police officers showed up to, to search for the missing girl. Um, like I said, this wasn't something that happened very often in that time. So like the whole community came out to try to search for her. Yeah. Um, their search dragged on overnight and then into the next night and then the next night. Nine days later, investigators received a call from a landlord who owned a house on Brunswick Avenue, which is about 100 meters away from the park. Uh, he said that one of the men renting a room had vanished the day after Sharon disappeared, which he thought was odd. Uh, the detectives were desperate for a lead, so they went to the house to investigate, but didn't really expect to find anything there. They were just like, well, it was kind of like, um, I don't know the politically correct term for it, but it was like a house of uh, short-term renters who were like low-income, mm, okay. not, not uh, like some of them have criminal records kind of thing. Uh, so it wasn't surprising that this guy just took off without okay. letting his landlord know. Yeah. Um but they were left horrifically scarred by what they did find. Uh, the two officers on the scene noticed shelving from the inside of the fridge placed beside the fridge, and they thought that was kind of weird. So one officer approached the fridge and opened it a little, and he spotted a piece of white cloth hanging out. Oh, um, my God. In one of the articles I read, the officer, uh, he was so, like, not expecting to find something that his first thought was, why does this guy keep clothing in his fridge? Yeah. Like, he didn't even, it didn't even cross his mind. Um, but when he opened the door, the body of nine-year-old Sharon fell to the floor. Um, again, I'm not getting into too many details because cases involving children just make me uncomfortable. But she was really badly beaten and had been sexually assaulted before being killed. Um, it was a really traumatic scene and it affected the officers immensely. So the officer who opened the fridge quit the force 10 days later and his partner who was on the scene that day committed suicide a few years later. <gasps> That's, it was a horrific, horrific discovery. Oh my gosh. Um, I could not even imagine. Yeah. So the man renting the unit, uh, it took a little while to track him because he'd given a fake name on the lease. So they originally issued a warrant for a man named Mike Burns, but quickly learned that that was a stolen identity. Mike Burns lived in Regina, Saskatchewan, and nowhere, nowhere close near to, city. <laughs> nowhere close to Toronto. Uh, but like uh, the the guy, the tenant, he had paperwork saying that he was Mike Burns and everything, so it looked legit. Yeah. Um. So after some digging, they determined that it was a man named Dennis Melvin. And how he became the first and only suspect in this case it was his apartment uh he ran away after the murder and they had his dna on sharon's body so it was pretty obvious that he did it it should have been an open and shut case but unfortunately this case is still technically open to this day what? um yeah why? Look, we're, we're getting into it. <laughs> so Dennis Howe was born in Regina, Saskatchewan, and had a criminal rap sheet that spanned almost 20 years. His charges and convictions included theft, armed robbery, unlawful imprisonment, indecent assault on a 13-year-old girl, kidnapping a woman and holding her hostage, just to name a few. That's not even his whole oh, rap sheet. Sounds like quite the character. Yeah. Uh, so he had actually just gotten out of Prince Albert Penitentiary uh, after serving a 17-year sentence when he killed Sharon. And I'm not saying allegedly here. Fuck that. Um, so he had just served 17 years for the, I believe it was the kidnapping uh, of the, the woman. And I think his brother helped him get to Toronto. I think I say that later. So that's how he ended up in Toronto. Um, Crazy. 
what pisses me off most about this case is that he sounds incredibly easy to spot um so every article i read spoke about how horrible his teeth were like they were black and rotten and like falling out of his mouth and apparently he was in constant pain because of this they said that he had like a almost like an orgel addiction like he just always had orgel on him and was always just like eating orgel essentially uh for those who don't know orgel is like a tooth numbing thing i don't know if that's like a global brand um (laughs) so (laughs) Police released his dental records, hoping that a dentist would see that and say, oh, shit, I helped that guy. He came in with tooth pain kind of thing. I feel like um, he probably never went to the dentist. He did not. I yeah, didn't. No one ever came forward. Yeah. Um. So he was like a really big, burly man with a booming laugh. And he liked to call people turkeys. Like, that was his term. So apparently he said it a lot because literally every article was like, if you hear a guy calling something turkeys, call us. Um. That's so bizarre. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I, I, it pisses me off that he was so easy to find and they never found him. But in all fairness, he was u- known to use multiple aliases and uh, like disguises throughout his lifetime. There's a sketch. I'm going to see if it's like free to use. Uh, someone did like a like six different versions of what he could possibly look like kind of thing. Okay. Um, and he was really good at getting fake documents and stuff. Apparently, like he had a whole bunch of IDs and stuff that looked legit. So I think he was evading them that way. But like, come on. I feel like you could see him from miles away. Seriously. Um, or smell him. Yeah. I just wanted to give like a quick description on the off chance that someone somewhere has seen this guy. So he was born September 26, 1940, and he was about 5'10 uh, at the time of Sharon's murder. So he might be a little bit shorter with age. Um, his hair was brown back in the 80s, but it's now most likely gray or white, assuming he hasn't dyed it. He would be 82 years old if he was still alive today. Uh, he had brown eyes and a distinct scar under the left side of his chin. Um, apparently, he was also, like, really hairy. The RCMP put out, he got hair all over his arms, his chest, his back. And I was like, okay, thank you, RCMP. So um, he's basically Sasquatch. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really for Sasquatch. Um, so other <laughs> known like aliases. Sasquatch- oh, there goes my dog. Oh. Freak the fuck out. That must be your dad. Yeah, my dad's here. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Papa. <laughs> um, so, oh, she's still going. We'll give her a second. She good? She good? Th- yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, she's always about his panda. So other known aliases were Wayne King, Ralph Ferguson, and Jim Myers. So that's what, or Myers. Uh, that's what he was known to go by. Okay. Um, <laughs> Leave that one in. That was serious. <laughs> Get a husky, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> wow, that was powerful. Um, so he was last spotted the day... Oh my goodness, Kylo. Every time I start. <laughs> Chill, Kylo. Like, my dad's in the house, too, and she's just like, hello. She's just so happy to see him. Yeah. She's like, okay. I'm a psycho. <laughs> literally, go. as soon as I start talking, he was last spotted <laughs> the day. <laughs> I'm leaving this all in because this is so funny. He, he, he was last spotted the day after. <laughs> she's still going she is still going and it's like literally quiet every time we laugh it's quiet yeah and then it starts okay we're just gonna work with it yeah um, so it. he was last spotted the day after sharon's murder uh so his boss told investigator he worked at like a manufacturing company of some point I, th- I think they said he made like like tights 
like women's tights which is like kind of creepy in retrospect uh so his boss told investigators that dennis asked to borrow two hundred dollars from him that day to buy a bus ticket and for some reason the boss was just like yeah sure if your employee comes up to you asking for two hundred dollars for a bus ticket that employee's not coming back yeah Um, just be like i'll see you to work uh tomorrow morning bye (laughs) so dennis was spotted in either north bay or sault st marie two different articles said two different things he was spotted in northern ontario at a bus station getting on a bus headed to winnipeg and then he was just gone uh there's never been any like confirmed sightings there's been a few reported sightings off and on throughout the years but none of them are him in 1999 a tip led investigators to sudbury ontario there was a man named peter sanderson who was believed to be dennis howe in disguise unfortunately peter sanderson had died before the police received the tip but they did exhume his body and run a dna test uh unfortunately it was not dennis so i'm so sorry peter in fact it was peter it but was like, peter peter it was for a good cause so like it was for a good cause they had to check right yeah um in 2013 a man named robert miller was visited by the fbi in idaho at the request of the toronto police uh so robert had been posting in like online forums and stuff about how he had actually run into dennis uh like decades ago and he turned him over to the police and he claims that the investigators he spoke to actually killed dennis because of how traumatized the fellow officers were like one of them took their life so it was like a revenge thing um and i don't know if it's because of robert but i saw that theory several times in different reddit threads and stuff where people are like no my mom knew police officers back in the day they for sure killed them and stuff like that um so robert was like super active online and this kind of flagged the police's attention um so after two years of back and forth between the fbi and the rcmp uh they ended up getting a dna test done and he was cleared i do kind of hope his story is true at least because like yeah vigilante justice is still justice right we make him like take a lie detector test like would that even work if it's just like a hearsay kind of thing because um so lie detector tests aren't always 100 percent accurate because if he's fully confident in his story it'll come out as a truth even if he is a lie you know what i mean like even if but if he truly believes yeah it would be interesting because you can't i think it it would come out as true yeah yeah i think it would come out as like true like he's not lying but Mm. that's because he really believes it you know what i mean does that make sense um, I think I think maybe it's a bit different if you if he was like actually a part of it like he saw it happen that yeah. would make more sense. Where I think if like, they pressed on like details and stuff and like yeah. you start to get shaky a little bit, then that would kind of. But if you that like, would be the the true tell is how yeah. how deep into the details he can get. Yeah, I think it, would, it more works in a situation where like the person's directly involved, whereas like this yeah. person really does believe it happened because their mom told them. Yeah, or like someone they trust told them you know what i yeah. mean it's just like i i kind of i don't want to say i fully believe the theory but because i saw it so many times during my yeah. research like i i wouldn't be surprised if it were true Interesting. um so there's a few rumors as to what happened to dennis first and foremost that the cops killed him um secondly most people think he's dead and i kind of agree even if the cops didn't kill him so a comment i read in a reddit thread they made a really good point they said because of the state of his teeth if he didn't seek immediately immediate help he would most likely die from whatever infection and abscess was going on in there like if your teeth get to a point where it gets into your bloodstream kind of thing literally yeah. yeah um and no dentist ever came forward so i'm gonna assume that he did not get any dental work done yeah um 
And if the mouth rot didn't take him out, old age might have. 82 is pretty old, especially for someone who seemed to not take care of themselves. He was a heavy drinker and a heavy smoker with severely infected teeth. So I really don't see him living to 100. That's just, I don't think that's in his cards. Um, So the other theory is that he is, in fact, still alive, either here in Canada or hiding out in the U.S. So Dennis had two, I think they were half-brothers, and one of them was pretty darn sketchy. His name was Eugene. (laughs) Of course it was. (laughs) Eugene, you sketch. (laughs) Eugene was known to loan Dennis money to get out of sticky situations in the past. So he, this is the brother that helped him get to Toronto after he was released from prison in... See, Alberta, I feel like I, I feel like in the, like these cases when they're so severe like this that like those people that help him should face some type of consequence. Yeah, so I think Eugene got away with something. We're gonna we're okay. gonna finish this. Um, so he he was kind of an enabler, if you will. Like whenever his brother was in a, a rough spot, he, okay, here have a couple hundred bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so after the, the murder took place, police tracked Eugene and noticed he took several trips to both Montana and Washington, like 12 trips within two years, and he had never traveled there before that and they know of. After that, ever after. This is right after the murder. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so for, I think it was two years they watched him after the murder, and he took 12 trips back and forth between those two specific states. Um mm-hmm. So uh, Regina Police Detective Rod Buckingham formally questioned him about these trips, uh, and he made up some, like, BS about work or something, but he had never traveled for work prior, so it it was just... He was hiding something. Um, So after he had the run-in with the police, Eugene suddenly stopped going and never traveled to those states ever again. He died in 2004 and took whatever he knew to the grave with him. Got the Ouija board out. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's where this case still sits. Everybody knows who did it, but they just can't find him. Um, So he's kind of an interesting criminal to me because he, quote unquote, only committed one murder. I don't want to say only, but it's just like he's not a prolific serial killer. Uh, But the impact was so huge in this case. Like uh, the officer that committed suicide, the one that quit the force, um, Sharon's parents separated after her death and never really fully recovered. Um, her mother kind of went into hiding and won't speak to the press or anything. And the only father, her, or the only father, the only statement her father ever made, uh, he called the Toronto star, a bunch of liars and said the police fucked the case up from day one. Um, so each of these people are victims in my mind yeah from this one murder uh like you think about it the officer had a family like he committed suicide and left his family uh the officer that quit the force would then have to try to find new work to support his family you know what i mean like the repercussions were so big from this case um so each of these people in my mind are victims and i he really made a mark in toronto that still haunts those connected to those case to this day so and it's just crazy that your sister knew the victim yeah yeah i talked to her a little bit about it and it definitely she's like oh i remember everything but she didn't really get into too much detail so i think it was just kind of like a dark vibe she was only eight so i don't know if she fully understood the like the scale of what was going on but like uh she said her mom would know more so i'll get a follow-up from her mom we don't share a mom just so that (laughs) that makes sense to people (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah we share a father and not a mother uh but yeah, so it kind of sounded like the community kind of was shaken by it. And I asked her if there was like a like a sort of buddy system, like you had to walk home from school with a buddy and all that. And uh, she said she'd get back to me and she didn't. So- Come on, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I talk also, to her eventually. I also think Amy needs to be on this podcast. 
I, you guys would love Amy and Amy yeah, Danielle, and Danielle together would just be like apocalyptic. Yeah. They're very, very similar and they're both really foul mouthed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We should have her on one day. We should. I'll do that. I, I won't even say anything. I'll just sit back and watch you guys. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be lots of swearing and lots of laughing. Absolutely. I think you guys would love Amy. <laughs> and lots of sidetracking because that's just, you think me and Holly are bad. Oh, yeah. I'm she sure. she gets heated sometimes. <laughs> That's why we love her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I I think he's dead, to be honest. I don't think he survived much longer after the murder, if I'm yeah. being honest. I don't think he's, especially with that mouth rot, yeah. I don't see him lasting that long. Yeah. Unless he went to, like, some, some place that does, like, under the like the table medical yeah. procedures but or they just happen to not see the the, the press releases and all yeah. that you know what i mean like they i guess there's a slight chance but i i don't think he's alive i know i hope if he is alive he i am is. totally okay with fighting an eight-year-old like I absolutely i'll take yeah. his ass out yeah but yeah that's uh my, my family talks about it all the time and my mom's been bothering me to cover it for a while so here we are it's very sad it is really sad uh, she was i didn't really put this in there but she was described as being like really bright and artistic and all of that stuff so i hope she's somewhere nice and lovely and he's yeah. in the polar opposite yeah we can go hang out with putin <laughs> once putin yeah. gets there soon soon, soon. dude apparently <laughs> the white house secretary or something the the press speaker lady like put out a hit on him essentially and Did the you... white house had to put out a statement being like we do not enforce this statement this was not from us yeah like <laughs> like full panic mode i just i i just saw uh it was like trending on twitter so i don't really know the full story but it was something along those yeah. lines did you see that some like it's either a russian billionaire or a millionaire put a bounty on Putin's i did head? see that yeah because they're all getting pressure now like all the billionaires are getting sanctions on them they're like uh seizing their property and stuff yeah someone got like a mega yacht seized that's crazy but like i I know the the sanctions make sense but it's base it's not like to go after the civilians it's for the government to stop fucking doing what they're doing but the government doesn't give a shit about their civilians so i mean it's so hard to watch this happen i don't think i don't know just maybe i'm hopeful but just watching the ukrainian people i don't think this is going to go on very long i mean like i think putin expected them to lay down and die and they're just not yeah so yeah i'm seeing a lot of really cool video not cool again guys please just work with me um uh, ukrainians are like getting russian soldiers to surrender and then they'll like give them food and tea and let them facetime their family and stuff and it's just like the vast difference between the people getting attacked and the people doing the attacking is just like yeah they're way stronger than i'd ever be yeah and the moments you start bombing an orphanage and hospitals and now a nuclear power nuclear plant that's terrifying that's a war war crime yeah whereas you hit civilian it's it's technically a war crime i i don't think it's gonna end well for russia to be honest i don't see this going their way i think that they thought they would just be able to walk in and steamroll it and i don't think the ukrainian people are letting it happen yeah so that's i'm being positive for once putin just wanted to make people think that he doesn't have a micro penis but he does have a micro penis he does so and on that note um, <laughs> come hang out with us on social media <laughs> our instagram is a spooky hour podcast 
we have twitter it's at spooky hour and our email is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com which i need to check because i took like the full week and a half off even though i don't really do anything with it anyways because that's who i am as a person we could have spooky tales we, we could. could we could if we don't you should send some in because we'd like to throw one together yeah those are always fun because we could just drop them whenever we want and yeah it could be like a, a random tuesday yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah send us your spooky tales if you've seen a ghost um if you've killed somebody uh let us know <laughs> i like how holly's now like just fine with it she's like don't tell us if you kill somebody now she's like just tell us just tell us just tell us what's the tea sis yeah um yeah have a great week you guys Have stay spooky week. stay spooky bye bye